Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bare Necessities podcast. We're glad to be with you uh, once again this week. We did not have an episode last week. We, you know, had a lot going on. We took a little bit of a break and also had to, you know, kind of let that Andy Dalton news kind (laughs) of settle on us right now. But don't worry, we're back and we're better than ever. Uh, We have a really good podcast in store for you guys. First, we're going to be starting off with just a little bit of talk about the direction of the Bears, Uh, Ryan Pace and how he handled the Allen Robinson's situation surprisingly well in retrospect Uh, going over all of our free agency moves talking a little bit more about the future of the team and then getting into some of the first round quarterback prospects the bears could be targeting Really quickly, before we get into the show, I want to give a major shout out and thank you to Banana 27 who left us an amazing review and rating uh, in Apple Podcasts. We'd really appreciate it if other people did that as well. Um, we love reading them. They're just so much motivation for us uh, and, and, you know, major bright spot of our, of our jobs doing this here. So everyone, thank you so much. We hope you had a good week. I know a lot of people uh, at the time I'm recording this intro are hyped up about what's going on with the Bulls as well. Uh, So for all you Bulls fans, congratulations as well. Uh, But yeah, thank you guys so much and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bear Necessities podcast. Man, this week has been a little bit mind-blowing. I found out that this boom arm of mine, uh, I was using it wrong the entire time. And apparently you can actually tighten the screw so that it holds the mic in the proper place. I felt like an idiot once I found that out because I was doing something to try to make it tighter that just doesn't even do anything to it. For for those of the listeners who don't don't know what a boom arm is, it's the thing that holds your microphone. So yeah, I, I just, I felt like an idiot this week. And the second time after everything with the bears happened. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting, man, because, you know, it's a good thing that we don't have the videos on for the live streaming because, you know, some people they actually know what they're looking at would be like, dude, what the hell are you doing? And, and I, I also never called you out on it. So it doesn't quite look the best on me. But, yeah, I mean, if we're going into the bears, I mean, sheesh. And, and it was funny, too, because I was recording some videos and sending them to you and I'd be like, OK, put this up. And then it'd be like, oh, no, okay, that news isn't relevant anymore. Gets it's like, instantly, it so yeah. hard to stay in front of the news, e- even though it's like the Bears have done nothing. It's still so hard to like yeah. stay in front of everything. Well, the thing is, is that I was trying to balance it because I knew that last week the news would have gotten us a lot of views, but I also... It Didn't sucks when the stuff gets dated, like right when you post yeah. it. Yeah, that. And I also didn't want to like overreact, even though that's what typically sells on YouTube. You know, I, I think that we we try to not consider ourselves YouTubers. We try to consider ourselves podcasters. And with that, you know, comes a bigger reputation, uh, as you guys can imagine. Uh, I'm journalist. Sure yeah, you no, he, Reese is a journalist. I, <laughs> I'm not an influencer. I'm not a YouTuber. <laughs> we are, I'm a, I'm a visionary, as I like uh, to call true. it. <laughs> yes, in our entrepreneurial ways. I mean, look at us. <laughs> We're really, we're a visionary. I mean, we'll be talking about us with Zuckerberg, you know, in a couple of years. You know, we can, uh, you know, I might, I might go full hipster and just give myself title creative director. Oh, wow. And, and yeah. run with that, you know, that that's another thing. We don't really talk about titles around here. Um, Not really. I don't know what that would make me. 
yeah, creative <laughs> vice <laughs> vice creative director something like um, that yeah but we we uh you know we're probably gonna need to start thinking about that stuff now that we're trying to get involved with the whole camera situation the other thing that i'm thinking about having us do uh, i guess kind of just live thinking in front of the audience is yeah uh I think that what I'm going to try to get set up is a little voicemail line so that our listeners that, our listeners can call in and leave voicemails and we'll, we can play them on the podcast. Uh, and I, I feel like that, I feel like that'd be great. We want to expand, you know, the, the conversation, you know, it's been a conversation between two people for all too long. So, yeah, no, definitely. Honestly, that's always been one of my favorite parts about sports radio. I mean, I won't shy away from the fact that, you know, I spent many nights, you know, falling asleep to sports radio or, you know, waking up to sports radio and listening like 670 to the score and all that. I mean, and having the callers, having that interaction like that usually leads to some pretty hilarious and, you know, very Mm -hmm. memorable moments. So I think that if we were able to do something like that, that would be, it would add a lot of value, at least in my heart, you know? Yeah, as soon as we start collecting those checks, which should be, you know, coming very shortly. Uh, unfortunately, YouTube kind of uh, did us dirty and uh, canceled our monetization for an entire month, which, yes, that was a lot of lost revenue. Uh, for sure, that could have definitely funded some very necessary uh, bills that we have to pay with because of this podcast. Um so, you know, once we get that, then we're also working on a Patreon, a little plug for our podcast listeners there. We're going to be doing live streams. You know, we're going to be doing uh, film breakdowns. A lot of the stuff that doesn't necessarily bode well on YouTube, uh, you know, it's that's what that's where it's all going to be. And we're going to yeah. try to make it. We're, we're really trying to spend some time on it right now and not just rush it out because we need money for to run the podcast to expand it which yes we do but we also <laughs> want to give our listeners so if you want to give us you know if you want to subscribe just because of that you don't want anything we would gladly take that as well but more more so we want to actually like create a platform that you know our our listeners will actually use and it'll actually be worth the money now you guys don't need to worry this isn't going to have any sort of changes based on our current content. We're still going to be putting out the same content. This would just be, you know, supplemental. If you really want to support us, really want to help us out, you know, that'll be something that you can do. I think that the base membership we've been talking about is like five, $5 a month or something like that. And then it's going to max out around $20. And then that $20 is, you know, that's going to have like a lot of stuff, but most, mostly everything will be available at the base level, you know, five, $7 a month, uh, thing that we're going to be doing. So, yeah, you know, keep it, keep a lookout for that. We'll make sure to, you know, give that a little shout out, um, for the podcast. Yeah. I also just thought, you know, even like, I really want to go all out like on t-shirts when we have the ability on like more apparel, like merch, mm-hmm. I think that'd be great. But I think like in the short term too, like it's like a cheaper thing. It'd be really cool to get like koozies. Cause honestly with the Ooh. color that we have, that would work yeah. really good on a koozie and just like our bear like logo that I feel like that'd work really well. That, that would, that would work very great. Um, you know, if you guys have any other ideas, you can either reach out to us on Instagram, Chicago Bear Necessities, uh, leave a comment on our YouTube channel. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to that already, please do the email too. We also got the bear necessities. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, you want to 
reach out to us, bare necessities podcast at gmail.com. And that'll, that'll hook you up there as well. NFL draft season is upon us. It's possible that you might have Trevor Lawrence's haircut in your pants. That's why our partners at Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, have partnered with us to make sure that you don't gamble on shaving your balls the same way you like to gamble on football. For all draft geeks, we have an exclusive 20% promo code, Bear Necessities. Look at it in the description. You're going to mess up the spelling. That's right. It's Bear Necessities, and make sure you grab that from the description and use that code at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. Will your favorite team go defensive back in the first round? Not sure, but I am sure that with the Lawnmower 3.0, you can get your D back. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your nicks and snags will be reduced. This is the perfect protection needed for your franchise quarter balls. Hey guys, listen, we saw how much Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles was running, running for their lives because they didn't have any protection in front of us. You got to make sure that your quarter balls have that good protection for them. I want you to look in the mirror. Do you see anything, any nose or ear hairs dangling? Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. The Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer is your solution. Why not use the best tools for the job here? Yep. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code bare necessities at manscaped.com. No, yeah, space. no space in there at all. Just grab it from the description and make it easy. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with the code bare necessities. It's time you turn that te- that team in your pants around with Manscaped. <laughs> and guys, as we've said before, uh, we would never sponsor or agree to partnership with a company that doesn't have, uh, you know, the top technology out there. Manscaped really does have some really good technology. I know both Reese and I have really enjoyed using their products. Absolutely. Um, their t-shirts and underwear we raved about. I think it's one of the best things in that package. We're in mine right now. The t-shirt. Yeah. See, there you go. Yeah, dude, I, I, I wore golfing. I think I might've told the podcast that <laughs> it was got some interesting comments cause it, uh, <laughs> it's got some interesting slogans on there, but, uh, <laughs> it, uh, not typically proper golf apparel. Yeah, not quite, but Hey, I mean, I respect it. It's bold and uh, it's probably something that I would do. So, yeah. See, if you're going to go golfing, you know, might as well wear it, especially, um, you know, if you're not swinging at, you know, Augusta or something, you might as well just wear your, you know, your manscape <laughs> shirt. Don't get too dressed up. But guys, exactly. you know, the Chicago Bears, a lot has been going on recently and recent I have stayed relatively quiet. I think that outside of just being extremely busy last week, uh, we, we, we both are trying to stay a little bit more level headed with this and God, uh, showing Bears Twitter, I don't think uh, level-headed was a good way to describe anyone in the fan base uh, this past week. And I think the main reason why has less to do with even any of the players that the Bears signed and more so with the fact that it was just such a huge letdown. You know, every every single person was talking about on YouTube, on Twitter, you know, Deshaun Watson, uh, you know, uh, 
Russell Wilson, you know, all these huge names and that the Chicago Bears are really trying to make a push for that. And, you know, Trent Williams. The, yeah, yeah, Trent Williams, Kenny Galladay, guys who were the premier, you know, the cream of the crop. And then they get smacked with Andy Dalton. And that that sort of uh, dichotomy there that that doesn't that doesn't bode well for the fans of the Chicago Bears, and it led to a lot of fans getting mocked for things they said in the past. You know, obviously we were major people talking about these rumors as they were legitimate rumors. The Chicago Bears offered three first round picks, Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks. I mean, that is a massive package to offer for Russell Wilson. And hey, there's, you know, there's a lot of reporters that are still saying that this isn't over. You know, a lot of reporters are saying this isn't over. And by looking at Dalton's contract numbers and how they can get him down to being under $5 million in contract this year, uh, based on certain different incentives they have for him, it, it, there is room for a Russell Wilson move, but the, the, the chance of it happening at this point, it, it's next to nothing. And I've already set myself on the idea that the Chicago Bears team needs to rebuild. And that's what the Chicago Bears are doing. You you can't listen to a franchise. You know, the Bears are so media trained and so are so many other NFL teams. And listening and taking what they say for exactly what it is is going to lead you to getting misled 24-7, okay? Yeah. What what's better to look at is the actual moves that they are making, the way they are structuring contracts. You know, Andy Dalton was put up there and and said he's the QB one, the starting quarterback for the future. Guys, come on! If he was QB one, he wouldn't be getting a ten million dollar contract, which is backup average this year. It's been about ten million, um, and then outside of that, it can come down to even five million. It's it. I will reassure you that Andy Dalton is not going to be, you know, the 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 franchise QB going forward. Will he start at the beginning of the season? I think so. Could he potentially start all of next year? That's also that's also a possibility that's on the table. And we're going to get into more of the exact players. But I, I just want Bears fans to be really cognizant, especially our podcast listeners, um, to be really cognizant of not what the Chicago Bears are saying, more so what they are doing. It was the same thing with Mike Glennon, where he came in and, and, and he was the, he's the starter. You know, Ryan, Ryan and John Fox told him he was the starter. And, and you, you just need to be a little bit more don't get caught up in the media game. Andy Dalton is not the starter for the future, okay? He is going to be that bridge guy. The Chicago Bears team is rebuilding. That's why they released Kyle Fuller. That's why they were looking to trade Akeem Hicks. Looks like he's being kept by now. That's why all of this stuff is happening, you know? And uh, I, I just think before we really get into the show, that needs to be stated. Yeah, I mean... The Bears really did just put out the tweet, like, I don't know, maybe two hours ago that put QB1 by Andy Dalton. And, <laughs> you know, you're right. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty disgusting to see that. I have to say that when you look at that post, you're like, that's pretty uninspiring. I'm not going to lie. And, and you're right. I mean, he is QB1, but not in the sense that a lot of their teams say QB1, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like that's you sometimes reserve that for a franchise quarterback. And I understand that it's denoting the term on the depth chart. That's just literally, you know, QB one, two, and you know, the very few times there's three in the league. I know some teams like to do that, 
Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it kind of connotates, you know, in a very grammatical way. It connotates still a little bit more endearing of a term when you put something like that. And, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's hard to exactly draw that with Andy Dalton. And in the in the actual sense, sure, yeah, I agree with you. I think he's going to probably start all the season unless we end up drafting someone that really puts the pressure on him, you know. And I guess things could go wrong with him. They say, okay, maybe we want to stick Foles in. There's a couple other scenarios mm-hmm. that could happen here. But I, I could see him, in general sense, if things just go bad <laughs> instead of really bad, you know, he'll probably start out the season unless – there's something in the draft coming that we don't foresee. Yeah, it's just tough to get excited, though. Yeah, I'll say that. I mean, how how can you really sit back here and be like, yeah, Andy Dalton, you know, he's that's the boy right there. Like, he's going to get it done. He's not. Yeah, let's kind of let's go ahead and start this off with, you know, the first segment being we're going to get into the rest of the free agent class, but let's just talk about Andy Dalton right now. Andy Dalton, let me first say this. I I talked about earlier in the podcast how the reason why so many Bears fans hated the signing is because it came at a time where they actually thought they were going to get Russell Wilson. That is understandable. You know, Bears fans, you know, it seems like Ryan Pace and them tried. But it seems like what's going to happen here is that, A, yeah, they're rebuilding clearly. But, B, the the Bears are looking at Andy Dalton and what they see in him is a potential Alex Smith for Patrick Mahomes, a potential Ryan Fitzpatrick for Tua Tagovailoa. I don't even know how to say his Alpha. name. Yeah, Tua for Tua. Okay. Yeah. Um, they they see a guy that ideally will start the entire season and allow Ryan Pace to take his time with a quarterback they're looking at Andy Dalton to it's like almost remaking what happened in 2017 with Mike Lennon and Trubisky except right. they are hoping I mean it, it's safe to say that you know Andy Dalton's going to be a lot better than that considering he was a starter in this league for geez like seven years something, yeah. something like that he with with the Bengals I think Andy Dalton Honestly, I think he's going to be better than what Mitch gave us last year. I, I think that's a very hot take amongst Bears fans. But I believe Andy Dalton will at least show to be competent. Uh, I think that's what he showed when he was with the Cowboys. I think that's even what he showed when he was with the Bengals. He had a couple good seasons with the Bengals as well. It wouldn't surprise me if Andy Dalton has a pretty decent year. You know, I, I don't. I'm not too concerned with Dalton. Is Dalton going to take us to the Super Bowl or on a major playoff run? No, that, that's not what Dalton is going to do. But Dalton is going to be formidable enough to take to allow you to actually take some time this time and to develop a young quarterback. And I think that's the plan. I, I would really be shocked if we don't draft a quarterback this year. Really shocked. And the main reason why is because Dalton's deal is a one-year contract. So yeah. it, it make it when you look at the money and where the money is located, like we said earlier, it looks like right now Dalton is the quarterback for this year. And as long as all that goes well, I think the reason why we could potentially keep Nick Foles, similar to what the Packers did with Jordan Love, is so that there's not even a chance to bring in the new guy. And you really get your quarterback a red shirt year. And you know, 
the 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 complexity of Matt Nagy's scheme and you know a lot of the West Coast variants it it's difficult enough where that could be the right idea and if you're looking at the quarterbacks on the board which again we're going to get into later but there there's a couple guys on there that are really good skill set guys but have some things that they have to learn and I think that the Bears could potentially be targeting some of those guys. Yeah, and maybe that's maybe that's what Pace and Nagy sold the ownership on in this past offseason mm-hmm. is kind of riding this plan and being like, hey, we're going to pick up a quarterback, but we have no intention of playing them, you know, the first year. Want to let them sit. Mm-hmm. Probably sold, and Nagy is probably like, hey, look, in a similar system, they did the same thing with Mahomes. Gave, you know, didn't give him the keys to the car right away, but taught him how to do it, and he came out fire. And I'm sure... You know, it kind of gives Nagy and Pace instead of just like a one-year window to try and improve everything. It extends it basically extends their chances, increases their chances by you know giving them you know a little bit extra time to pull it off. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that's you know the case. Yeah, I think I, with, with Dalton, I think that yeah, he might have a good year at least in comparison to his own standards. I could see him doing better than he did on the Cowboys, but. It could be the perfect thing that the Bears need in this, you know, transition year if that's what they it ends up being out, you know, mm-hmm. a rebuild or a retool year so they can be in a better position a year from now. You know, I, I'm not even confident that Dalton could take us to if our team was eight and eight last year, I mean what the sky's the limit. He could go like six and ten. I mean, better yet, four and twelve if we're buying into this kind of just selling the season off. And I know that Mm-hmm. That hurts, but I think that Bears fans, as to at least what we have right now, have to be pretty realistic and go that, you know, this, is, this isn't this is a playoff team. At least we know it's not a team that's going to contend. And since we know that, we might as well just be realistic and be like, man, I hope that they don't, you know, place 8-8 eight and eight again and just stick with that mediocre mid-round, first-round draft pick. Well, that's the thing is that I almost feel like, because I do feel like Dalton has the opportunity to be better than Trubisky was, mainly because, I'm not saying that he is necessarily, I mean, the money that he got compared to other, I mean, look at the money that Mitch got. He was on pace for like a 40 touchdown season. He got like $1 million to be a backup for Buffalo. He didn't even get a second shot, which is crazy for someone drafted that high. You know? Yeah, he, but he, the rap he is got so the, bad for him. Yeah, so it's like one it's one of those things where it's like okay, when when you at least look at the money, the money does dictate something. We know that multiple people were in on Andy Dalton. Didn't really seem like too many people were interested in Mitchell Trubisky. There's definitely uh, a a bigger desire for Dalton to be a backup than there was for Mitchell Trubisky. So when you when you follow that sort of logic, I think Bears fans had a really flawed outlook on Trubisky. Like I I really do. I think that because of what Matt Nagy was able to do with uh, Bill Lazor towards the end of the year and how well they were able to play to Mitch's strengths, which isn't a lot. I I think that it, it gave us fans a lot more hope than there necessarily was. So it almost makes me feel like this team could easily go eight and eight again. Like this team could easily especially when you take away the whole six game losing streak. I mean, I think if you ran it back with the uh, last year's team with only Mitchell Trubisky, I think we would have done better than eight and eight anyways. So it's like if, you know, if Dalton is a, a more desirable QB than Mitchell Trubisky, it's almost like 
the team didn't really get that much worse around him. I think there's arguments that certain positions they got better. So you kind of wonder like, uh, could it, you know, could they do, could they do better than eight and eight? Uh, And I, (laughs) here's my response is I hope not. Truthfully, (laughs) I think that having, you know, a down year, getting our quarterback this year, hopefully we don't need to trade away another first round pick, although we might. It, it, let's say we don't trade away our first round pick next year and we have that first round pick still. Hey, then you have a young quarterback, maybe a top 10 pick going into 2022. And this team it looks like it's in a completely different direction. Yeah. And that'd be great. But you know, the bears almost always seem to fail at doing that. So I'm sure, you know, <laughs> you know, come <laughs> like December, you know, we'll be looking at a team that's, I don't know. Seven and seven, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I could see eight, it. eight and five, you know, and we're going to mm-hmm. be like, everyone's going to be gearing up, you know, being like, oh, this team might be able to make a playoff push. And we all know deep in our heads, they really don't have the depth to do it. You know, they really don't mm-hmm. have it, but we'll be in a very similar position. Because you're right. I mean, they need to shore up this offensive line. And I'm sure people are screaming, you know, their lungs off already being like, why haven't you guys been talking about offensive line? It's still, you know, hasn't been addressed. And 100%, I will scream that, you know, on the top of my lungs too. And, you know, shout from the rooftops that the Bears need to start adding some pieces of this offensive line. I hope that it comes to the draft at this point. I'm not 100% sure. You know, a lot of these big name guys, and maybe the Bears didn't ever really quite have the room for them, are off the board. Mm-hmm. So hopefully there is some support coming from at least somewhere. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's a really interesting outlook going into the next year. And it, it's, you know, hard to believe that the Bears will do anything else than be the Bears. I mean, that's, that's a shitty take, honestly, to to give. But, you know, I guess it kind of rides the rhetoric a little bit that some, some fans like to hear that just the Bears will be the Bears. And, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately, it, you know, it, it tends to be the case, which is why people can continue to say it, because things just always seem to happen in the same way for this team. Yeah, and I'm hoping this is like... The Bears this year are going to try to do something right for the first time, where it's like they're not necessarily going to like try to win again. I'm so happy they're not trying to run it back. Like, thank God they're not trying to run it back again. You know, at least they are moving in a direction because we already spent essentially two years trying to run it back and it yielded the same eight and eight result. Like those two years were, in my opinion, more painful than even the seasons under John Fox because it's like, it's like you're treading water. And now the Bears have made a decision on what they're doing and I agree with their decision, truthfully. There's a couple of players that we're going to see walk, which is going to be sad. And this defense will not have the same players that it had in uh, in 2018. It really won't. By the time this team is it is relevant again, what's going to be holding them up is, in an ideal world, their offense. And they're going to be trying to find replacements for major players like Kyle Fuller, who they already released, and older guys like Danny Trevathan and Akeem Hicks. And obviously like Roy Robertson here. Potentially even Khalil Mack. We'll get to that later in the show. I kind of want to switch directions here and I want to talk about something really quick. Allen Robinson, Ryan Pace, everyone, every single Bears fan was so incredibly upset with Ryan Pace this entire season for not handing over the $22 million a year contract that Allen Robinson was asking for. Every single Bears fan was so upset with that. 
In hindsight, Ryan Pace handled the situation perfectly. The wide receiver market this year was absolutely garbage to the point that Allen Robinson wasn't even thinking about demanding a trade. And that the second that the Bears brought in Kenny Galladay to the building, he signed his he signed his franchise tender because he realized that if they took that franchise tag off of him, he wasn't get he wasn't getting over 14, 15 million dollars a year. Yeah. You know, Ryan Ryan Pace, you know, for as much as you can say that's bad about him, he handled this situation perfectly, even when there was so much pressure from the fan base, from the media, everyone trying to get him to hand Allen Robinson over that massive deal. I'm going to tell you right now, Allen Robinson is going to get a contract probably for the long term with the Bears after this season. And that's going to be lower than $22 million for sure. Yeah, I mean, you do have to give, I guess, some credit there that that situation was handled well, and there's so much buzz about it. I'm not necessarily jumping, you know, for joy in the way that Ryan Pace exactly handled it as far as, you know, kind of saying that he was definitely going to extend it and drawing it out. But when we look at just, like, the result, yeah, he signed his franchise tag, and, you know, they didn't have to sign him for that $20-plus million contract, and you're right. I mean, look at these numbers that Galladay and uh, like Corey Davis signed for. Terrible. Will Fuller, $11 million. There was such a contraction in the wide receiver market. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, certainly. And I don't think it's it's not even really a testament to these were bad wide receivers out there. I think some of these players, I mean, especially like Galladay, I think Galladay will do really good for the Giants. I think that he's someone that has a really positive career outlook. Mm-hmm. Um but anyway, what I was saying is that, you know, with the wide receivers, yeah, I mean, it's crazy that, you know, even the top names didn't really get any huge deals and, you know, ended up working out where Ryan Pace did ultimately make the right move. So I do think you have to give him credit there. And, you know, surely for Andy Dalton, he's certainly going to be someone that he's going to be looking towards. I think that Allen Robinson was really going to thrive no matter what quarterback was under center. I mean, Mm-hmm. I still definitely believe all the things that I said about him. I'm not just trying to buddy up with him because he's uh, back on the team. I mean, I know that Austin and I have been very critical of him at times, and I still stick to that. But he still is, you know, a top 15 wide receiver in the league in my mind, and, you know, happy to have him on the team. I mean, top 10 probably. Yeah, I would Maybe say Top 15 top is 10. being a little, a little too harsh, but top 10, top 8, sure. I mean, he's right around the same range as Kenny Galladay, and Kenny Galladay ended up signing a contract for somewhere in the realms of like sixteen million a year. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and the Bears actually were were in on him for a while. Um, they offered him a one year contract worth about thirteen million a year, trying to entice him to come play with Allen Robinson, and then tried to get a better deal from a different team in the following year, which would have been awesome. It would have been a little contradictory to the whole rebuild situation but yeah you know i have to i have to give a little you know clap for ryan pace he actually uh handled that situation a lot better than pretty much the entire bears twitter would have if they were the gm for the team that's true and that you know anyone would give him credit for i mean i think that you know ryan pace does deserve a fair bit of criticism but at times it's easy to always just kind of knock on someone and then you know not necessarily give them their dues when they actually make a correct decision. 
Exactly. So let's go ahead and move on. Let's talk about free agency. Let's go over all the moves that have occurred so far. So first off, I'm just going to read over kind of the list. The first thing, the Bears lost Roy Robinson Harris. A quick one-word reaction. Meh. I don't know about you, Reese, but... I mean, I like Roy Robinson Harris. I think that he was super good depth, but for the money that he ended up getting, I mean, that's it's fine to see him go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then we ended up losing out on, we did not sign them. Trent Williams, Kenny Galladay. Those were some bummers, but honestly, they'd be kind of contradictory to the direction that this bears team seems to be heading. Uh, but let's talk about the free agents. We did sign first player up Desmond Trufant. Now, obviously this came with the replacement of uh, Kyle Fuller. Uh, you know, Kyle Fuller was someone that we talked about here on the show for a long time as a cut or trade candidate. Uh, Kyle Fuller ended up signing like a one-year, $9.5 million contract. Um, so he did not get much money whatsoever. Uh, Desmond Trufant, you know, I like him as a player. I think that he's going to be playing on a very good deal. Uh I don't necessarily think that he is as good as Fuller, but he could potentially be as good as Fuller was last year. Uh, The one thing I really don't like is that he's 30 and he suffered from a lot of injuries at this point in his career. And I would have ideally liked us to try to find someone a bit younger, Um, but it seems like ultimately he's going to be, you know, they're they're probably going to draft a player to end up competing with him. Yeah, I think that Desmond Trufant, I mean been in the league for a while i don't think that you know he's an elite corner by any means but i think he's a good add and you know it's going to be a hit i mean if you're going to do a direct comparison between him and kyle fuller i mean sure you're going to take fuller 10 times out of 10 but you know we all know that we can't really do that based on you know what the contract looks like and you know it's just not necessarily a fair comparison because we can't expect them to go out mm-hmm. there and play at that level Um, certainly I I would love for them to bring in some more support there. I think that Jalen Johnson is a good player to kind of continue to build around there. And honestly, there's still a lot of secondaries in the NFL. They're a lot worse, you know, than what the bears Mm -hmm. currently have on their roster. So I I think that, yeah, there is a hole that Kyle Fuller leaves there, but at the end of the day, we do have to be real with ourselves. And this is a team that's cutting, cutting in some areas. And the one area where they could cut was in that cornerback position. Exactly. And, you know, I think that he's probably going to be CB2, I can imagine. I I feel like they expect Jalen Johnson to take, you know, a a step next year and become that true number one that we were talking about that he could be uh, at the time that we drafted him. You know, me and Reese were both very high on him. Um, Yeah, so let's go ahead and move on. Edge Jeremiah Atachu. Uh, he was with the Chargers for a little bit, most recently with Denver. Uh, this is probably, honestly, my favorite signing of free agency. He's a high upside guy, got a high motor. He's explosive. He's young. Uh, you know, I could see him succeeding Quinn, uh, and I could see this working out really well for the Bears. I think he had about four sacks last year or so. Um, so at the very least, he's going to be a very high upside depth guy. Yeah, and when you look up with him and um, Mario Edwards and, like you said, Quinn, I mean, it's not necessarily that dominant person that you'd on the one on the other side of Mac or, you know, someone else that could really, like... It's not anyone that's on, like, the same pegging level as Khalil Mack. Clearly. But, 
when you kind of take take a deeper look at it, you go that these are all decent, like more than decent players at that edge position that can hold their own. And, you know, Mario Edwards, his contract is somewhat sizable. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a, a gross overpay. I mean, maybe it's a shade of an overpay, but but still, I mean, I, I think that he performed well. I really liked what I saw out of him last year. Um, you do have to factor in he'll be on a two-game suspension at the beginning of this year. That's not the end of the world. And, and with Itachu, I think that he he does have that extra upside I do like his motor. He is like, you know, Cleo Mack is a very physical, you know, pass rusher, but he also, what makes him so good is that he also has that really technical side too. And I felt mm-hmm. like really what he always just needed on the opposite side was, it was just someone that could just push, you know, just kind of keep making that pressure where, you know, Cleo Mack can really work in the way that he wants mm-hmm. to, um, which I think is kind of why Leonard Floyd never really quite fit in well. I mean, it's looks awesome on paper to be like, yeah, we got Cleo Mack on another guy. We got, just a straight speed guy. But unfortunately, I think that for this Bears defense, I think it's just going to be even better to just kind of have someone that's more of a bigger physical presence. I agree. And I th- I think that obviously with the direction of this team and, you know, even if they were trying to complete, compete, Quinn's going to be cut after the season. Um, the Bears owe him like no money after that. And so they're looking for his successor for sure. For sure. I know they drafted uh, guy last year as well he didn't get too much play time but he was pretty impressive when he was getting some play um but you know we're gonna see uh his, his last name was gibson as well uh i can't remember his first name for, for the life of me uh yeah. he was from he was from tulsa with darnell mooney as well though um okay so let's go ahead and move on running back damian williams this is my favorite signing of the free agency period because finally we have a good in-between back for Montgomery and Cohen. A lot of people remember Damian Williams for having that like 230 yard game in the Super Bowl. Uh, we've been waiting three years for this Reese. We've been calling saying that you need some in-between for Montgomery and Cohen and uh, the bears finally are going to grant it to us. Yeah, it's not the beautiful signing, and you know, I when I kind of looked at it today and heard the news, I was like, ah, like a running back. I was like, you know, I was hoping like, uh, you know, offensive line, you know, a little twinge of hope that it's something quarterback related. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, we've been asking for this for quite some time now, and you know, I, it is nice to have someone that it really is that perfect change of pace back. I mean, mm-hmm. Tariq Cohen is good for what he does. Um, but he's never was quite the perfect compliment for David Montgomery. And this is someone that can really pick up the slack. And that's what he really has done for the majority of his career. I mean, I think, you know, maybe his best like season totals, like 500 yards, but that's not necessarily what you bring him in to do. I mean, he's someone that you can use very well situationally, which this team has lacked. And he, yeah, right. He kind of prevents a situation where we're not looking at that time where, you know, Tariq Cohen and Montgomery are both out and, you know, Patterson's are running mm-hmm. back. Like, you know, finally, if that situation happens, you go, okay, maybe this week we're going to go a little bit more pass heavy. We still feel comfortable running it with Damian Williams, but you know, he is kind of a little bit more of that shifty back, but isn't five, six and has a little bit more of that, <laughs> that size and, and ability to play physically too and, and lower his pads. So yeah, I mean, I think Damian Williams, you know, he's not so more like, yeah, he's changing the direction of this Bears season. 
But this is the kind of signing that if this Bears team was a real contending team, that would really put them over the top. I mean, that I would really mm-hmm. feel, you know, really good about adding. So I, I think that we do have to, you know, give them credit for making that move. Because, I mean, yeah, we were calling for especially at the beginning of last season, we were like, something's going to happen. We have mm-hmm. no running back depth. And, uh, yeah, they never did it's anything. Ended up kind of biting them in the ass. And he's coming from the Chiefs as well, so he knows the scheme very well. Uh, the next signing was inside linebacker Christian Jones coming back to the Bears. Um, for you guys that don't remember him, he was last with us for the, geez, was it 2017 season? Yeah, 2017 season was, yeah. I think, Mitch's first the year. Fox era. Yep. Yeah, last year of the Fox era is when he really came on uh, in the absence of Jarrell Freeman, who oh, tore his... Boy. Tore his bicep really early into camp and then was having some other issues that led to his retirement. Um, Yeah, man, he played really good that year, I have to say. Um, I think he actually started over Kwiatkowski in the backup role, if I remember correctly. Um, But he, you know, he had a good year for the Bears that year. Um, Ended up with him getting a big contract from the Lions, similar to what happened with Nick Williams last year. And now uh, the Lions are struggling with that contract as well, not to throw any shade. But, you know, Christian Jones, someone who knows the system that uh, Desai wants to run. And uh, who's executed it pretty well in the past. I think that this is a great depth signing. Really good depth signing. Yeah, they absolutely needed more depth at that inside linebacker position. I mean, you mentioned Kwiatkowski. He was the perfect fill-in for whenever they kind of had numerous injuries at that Mm. position, usually filling in for Trevathan. But, you know, he got, you know, eventually signed to worth the 49ers and is doing his work there. But I I don't mind listening. Oakland. Oh, really? Yeah, Kwiatkowski's on Oakland. My bad. Well, I knew okay. it was one of those Actually, Bay Area teams. Quick little, uh, quick little football history note. Did you know that originally the 49ers wore red and silver and the Raiders were black and gold, and then they kind of swapped colors? Oh, it was pretty lit, but I'd like to see those like a modern interpretation of those colors because I feel like that'd be pretty dope. Yeah, right. Like the real old school, like not in yeah. any of our recent memories at yeah. all. But yeah, kind of interesting little tidbit there. Uh, but yeah. yeah, he's over there with Oakland. He's doing well, though. Yeah, uh, but yeah, with uh, Chandler Jones. Wait, yes. That's what we're still talking about, right? Wait, you're, we're talking about Chandler Jones? Yeah. Christian Jones. Christian Jones. I knew I was saying it wrong because Chandler <laughs> Jones is on. He's the uh, Arizona. Arizona. Yeah, my bad. But yeah. I mean, that just reminds me of back in the Lamar Houston days with him celebrating and tearing his ACL. Like, my goodness. But, uh, yeah, I think that he's definitely a really good depth add. And I think, you know, ever since Kwiatkowski left there has been a, a big hole that has been needed to fill there. And honestly, I mean, he's not going to be like the succession plan at Trevathan, but I'd love for them to kind of start putting that together, you know, whoever that's going to be, because mm-hmm. I think that we kind of saw him and his dying embers last year. And I don't really want to imagine how bad it could possibly be this year if he kind of keeps continuing his decline. I mean, he did pick it up a little bit by the end of the year and, you know, I think it was still clear that Roquan was the better of the two, and they used to be kind of a little bit more level pegging, especially as Roquan was still developing. But mm. yeah, that torch has definitely been passed. So good, good to see you know, Christian Jones brought back in. Um, 
not someone that I think left the Bears. He wasn't booed out of town, but he kind of he was never a huge player, so it wasn't really wasn't talked about too much when he exited. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, they they definitely needed to draft. I think though, with Trevathan's succession plan, they could probably almost like not go the developmental route, uh, if and, and go with a more maybe like a second or third round pick in the next couple of years, um, and, and grab a good. I mean. God, it seems like college is pumping out so many of these good new era inside linebackers nowadays. I mean, this year they have some freak really, athletes, man. That's why. Re- yeah, it, I think that you know the thing is that this. I think the reason why is because the strong safety position has kind of went away in its traditional sense, especially in college football when so many colleges are playing the spread. So now it's like a, a lot of teams they pretty much have two. Uh, free safeties in the back all the time now so that these uh these guys who are previously strong safeties have kind of moved up into being these inside linebackers freak athletes uh and and so now we've all of a sudden seen this huge adjustment just pumping out really really good inside linebackers all the time now i mean this year there's going to be a couple freak athletes i mean one guy's like nick bolton from mizzou uh, he is, he is such a freak athlete and, uh, you know, he's, he's going to be the only, and, and then there's the dude on Alabama. I'm forgetting his name right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know what you're talking about too, but he, Dylan Moses, he, he's a freak athlete at the position and he's going to be going in probably like the third or fourth round. It's like, you know, guys like guys are freak athletes at that position. Back at the day, back in the past couple of years, they would have flown off the draft board. But now it's like they're pumping out so many of these good, you know, new era inside linebackers that they don't even, you know, care anymore. Teams don't care anymore. Yeah, I forgot who even uh, the linebacker from Oklahoma that the Chargers drafted last year in like oh. the second round, and he was great. But I I forgot who he was. But it's literally like all these great inside linebackers now really have the same mold. Like they're literally just mm-hmm. tall. You're right. I mean, they have like that, that speed and ability where they could almost play strong safety if they wanted to, mm-hmm. but then they just commit them to that inside linebacker position and this pack on muscle. Like it's just, it's ridiculous, honestly. <laughs> and, and that's what I think the era, the issue is with not to get too off topic, but Arizona who I got, I'm forgetting the, they drafted that, uh, that very positionist player that was on Arizona. Um, or sorry, that was on Clemson. Who is it? What's his name again? Uh, Last no. year, like top 10 in the draft, had a terrible rookie year. Yeah. Uh, no, I can't, I can't remember his name. I'm going to look it up real quick. Oh, Isaiah Simmons. God, I mean, how can you forget about Isaiah Simmons? He lit the football world on fire uh, back when uh, he was in college. Anyways, the reason why I think he's struggling so much is they're kind of, because they drafted him so high, like I think that he is a better fit at that strong safety position, but because the way the NFL is kind of going, like drafting a strong safety top 10 is like insane. So they're trying Mm. to force him to be an inside linebacker when really he should be playing strong safety, but yeah, we're, we're kind of getting off topic. Let's go ahead and move on to uh, offensive tackle Elijah Wilkins Wilkinson. Sorry, uh, he's played swing tackle. Uh, I think he actually started for a while for the Denver for the Broncos. Um, he's played some guard as well. Uh, he seems like a big athletic guy. Um, 
you know, offensive line depth, I'm all for it. Maybe he can push Jermaine Effetti uh, at that right tackle position if if he's going to be the true answer there. Um, you know, good signing. Yeah, I mean, it's a good sign. It's definitely someone, I mean, he's not going to get cut over training camp, I don't think. But someone kind of in the mold where you want him to really show out in camp and, like you said, push Effetti uh, because Effetti is very replaceable. I mean... You get Wilkinson in there, and he starts playing very well. You don't really have a problem pushing a Fetty out and trying to build that chemistry with Wilkinson in there. I think that he does bring some good things in. I mean, he wasn't the Trent Williams pickup that I think a lot of people wanted to see, but there's not really a lot of people that can live up to that billing, and we're going to hopefully see that it's a good fit. I mean, a really important thing for the Bears this year is just going to be getting what their line combination is is down very quickly so they can build that line chemistry from week mm-hmm. one and hopefully just deal with injuries because you can't stop that, but you need to prevent you know shaking up the line when you can and just get it right as soon as you can. Absolutely, absolutely. And then the final signing worth mentioning, Angelo Blackson. Uh, you know, don't really know too much about him, honestly. He's a defensive lineman. Uh, we needed to add a little bit of depth there with the loss of Roy Robertson Harris. You know, I, I, it's it's a good signing. I think he had like four sacks with Arizona, so that's pretty good for for a depth guy. And also, one thing I also want to add, um, Mario Edwards got a pretty big contract with us. You know, he got a three-year yeah. deal, even with some of the behavioral issues. And personally, man, the way he played last year, it's insane to me how many just random guys Ryan Pace picks up that play insanely well and then get a contract with us. Yeah, I mean, I've been a fan of Mario Edwards. And uh, I think with Blackson, like, okay, yeah, that's a good ad. Good <laughs> ad in there. I think that um, it's going to be exciting to bring Eddie Goldman back. And I think that the idea of having Eddie Goldman, you know, Akeem Hicks, um, you know, Mario Edwards on one edge, and having, you know, Khalil Mack on the other is that's still a damn good defensive front. I mean, you roll with that. For the, just I'm so over Robert Quinn, honestly. I'd rather have mm-hmm. Mario Edwards be consistently playing on the other side. Yeah, and he can play both positions similar to Khalil Mack. He can play that defensive end or he can play that outside linebacker if you're rushing so yeah no i mean ideally quinn will have a bounce back year with this and get that 10 sack year again but i mean we're really gonna have to see about that he obviously picked up towards the end of the season which is really good but mario edwards man i hope that he can (laughs) he can stay uh you know out of trouble because he has had uh quite a few run-ins with the law as of recently he is uh currently uh Jeez, I'm trying to look for the word, but he can't play the first two games suspended. He can't play the first two games of the season. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and move on. One thing I want to add, I hope we re-sign Cordell Patterson. I don't care about him on offense, but I'd really like to have him back at kick returner and, and gunner. Yeah, I'm not sure what the price point is that he's looking for. I'm not sure if it's a disagreement on that or if the Bears really just want to move on. I mean, I would like to have him at that return position. I mean, it's a really nice weapon to have in your arsenal and even just to play him at wide receiver and occasionally I, I wouldn't mind that I have no problem with him playing wide receiver 
I just have a problem with him playing running back personally. I think that's where I kind of draw the line. Mm-hmm. But really, he does offer a lot of that ability to stretch the field that I feel like the Bears really constantly do need. And he offers a pretty good size, too. So, I mean, he's not like Mooney, where he's a little bit of a smaller person to, to squeeze it into. I mean, you can give Cordell Patterson a little bit of a window. Um, I, I would like to see him back, too. I, I don't know if it's a non-price agreement or if the Bears are simply just cutting ties. So I guess we kind of have to see how that plays out. It, it's been an odd situation. I agree. I agree. All right. So that's going to wrap up that segment. Now we're going to wrap up the show with two segments. First, we're going to talk a little bit about the future of the team. Uh, and, and then we're going to talk a little bit about first round quarterbacks. We're going to also talk about day two prospects, but I think we'll leave that for next week. Uh, considering that this podcast is already getting a little lengthy and we try to keep this around an hour because, you know, we don't want you guys to get too bored with us. Um, but yeah, so the future of this team, man, we're, we've been talking all podcasts about how we are rebuilding officially and anyone that tells you otherwise, even if it's Ryan Pace, they're lying to you, okay? This team is rebuilding. Um, that's what the contracts say. That's what the actions say. So thus, that's what we're doing. Um, we're going to be talking about the first round quarterback prospects in a, in, a, in a minute. And those are likely the guys that are going to really you know, who we pick in the first round, because I do believe we will trade up in the first round to draft a quarterback. Uh, that That's really going to set the direction for this team's future. But first, we got to talk about the team around them. Who are really the cornerstones that this team's future depends on? You know, that's, that's a really tough question because I, I the one name that always jumps out on paper is Khalil Mack. But I really don't mm-hmm. even know if that even rings true anymore. Well, that's that's in that's in here right now. I think he he obviously is an amazing player still, but he, will he get traded is the question because he's yeah. he's going to be thirty years old. Yeah, no, I mean I think that the one player that you really have to kind of say is David Montgomery. I mm. I think on the offensive side of the ball, he's really the best thing you can build around him and Allen Robinson are, are really Mooney? your two two cornerstones. Darnell Mooney is a, is a really good piece there too. I want to see m- more from him this year that he mm-hmm. can really take that step up and be, I'd love to see if he can take a huge step up and be an elite caliber wide receiver. Um, no, I, I think that he does need to show some signs of improvement, but I think he is certainly very promising and, and definitely a name you can probably put in there. And I think on the offensive side of the ball, that's what we're looking at. I think on the defensive side of the ball, we're talking about Jalen Johnson and, and Roquan Smith. Oh, yeah. I think that that's yeah. really it. I would like to throw Eddie Jackson in there, but maybe he's kind of a little bit in the same situation as Mooney where I, you know, we've seen Eddie Jackson play at that super elite caliber, but I want to see it from him again. It was just, and I think Desai will give him a chance, but last season was very discouraging. Yeah. I think that the Desai switch is going to really change things up for Eddie Jackson again. Uh, he fit way better in Vic Fangio's scheme than he ever did with Pagano. Um, so I imagine that he's going to be back in that situation. Jalen Johnson. Yeah. Jalen Johnson, Roquan Smith. I mean, I I don't think it's hyperbole at this point to say that we could definitely see Jalen Johnson and Roquan Smith go both get that all pro nod very shortly uh, into their career and both get major contract extensions with the bears. I think Jalen Johnson's only like 22 as well. Same with Roquan Smith. I think he's 23. I mean, these guys are young 
I mean, Roquan could play for another 12 years, potentially. Jalen Johnson could, you know, corners, they tend to last a little less, maybe 10 years. Um, but yeah, as far as defense, Eddie, Eddie Goldman, he's only, tw- he's only like 26 years yeah, old, that's a good one. which is, yeah. which is crazy. Cause it's, he's been on this team for so long, but we just got him so young and, you know, playing that nose tackle position. So important for us. We missed him a lot last year. Obviously guys like Quinn, uh, Hicks, Trevathan, none of those guys are going to be here, uh, when this team reaches prevalence again. Um, but you know, other guys, maybe Mario Edwards Jr. takes that step up. I think Bilal Nichols, I think that once, you know, Akeem Hicks leaves, I think he's going to be the guy the Bears look at to fill his role. He has a lot of similarities to Akeem and man, he played really well last year and he has really blossomed into a great player. Um, I think, you know, again, as I said, Mario Edwards Jr., I think they're hoping to get that out of him as well. Um, kind of getting him and Bilal Nichols to be their two defensive ends that they got. Akeem Hicks, he's, or sorry, uh, Khalil Mack, he's right on the edge there. You know, he's, he's like, you wonder if that, like, if they could get this thing going again, you know, maybe by the time he's 32, 33, he can still be up there. Um, but you could also see him get traded. One thing that, you know, I know a lot of Bears fans aren't going to like this, but even though we restructured his deal, I think that there is a very solid chance they could trade him this offseason. And one team that I look at specifically, and I've been mentioning this time after time again, look at Miami. If you're Miami, you would want Khalil Mack because you have a, you know, a young quarterback. You're trying to make a run at it this year. You're trying to make a run at a couple of years. You have draft capital. If you trade away that number three overall pick to get, you know, Khalil Mack and maybe the Bears first round pick, I mean, you still have two first round picks and Khalil Mack at the end of the day. I mean, that sounds pretty good to me. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, for Miami, it does make a lot of sense. Honestly, the best time to gear up and go win a Super Bowl are on these rookie deals. I mean, I think the epitome of that is is Russell Wilson, (laughs) you know, made the first two Super Bowls on his rookie deal, signs the big extension. They haven't gone close to it since. So, yeah, I mean, I could see him possibly getting moved off, and it, it would hurt. It would suck because he is such a dominant player. But at the same time, you know, I don't think there's – he's not a priceless player. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. he certainly isn't. Maybe in 2018 he very much seemed like that. And I don't think it's necessarily his play or a drop-off in stats because Austin, I'll be the first people to tell you that, you know, not everything that he does shows up in the stats and he gets double and triple teamed. So that's fine. But he, you know, he's certainly not priceless. And, you know, for a good return, I, I think you do consider moving on. He He's not priceless when you're a team that's looking to retool and you're also looking to get a quarterback. The only way that you would trade Khalil Mack is for a quarterback – so, you know, if the writing's on the wall, he's getting a little older, maybe only has a couple more years in his prime. And, uh, you know, you definitely got to, you got definitely got to consider it, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and, and move on because I think that we kind of talked about all that, you know, Darnell Mooney, hopefully Cole Komet, he's shown a lot of promise. Um, That's true. But, but we'll see on offense. That's a little bit more of a question mark there. Uh, First-round quarterback prospects for the Chicago Bears, uh, kind of their fit with the team. First off, I think two names that are going to come off right off the board. So really, there's only going to be like three names we're talking about. 
I don't think there's really any chance to get Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence, unfortunately. I'd love to think that we could, but I don't really think it's that realistic at this point. Um, So really the Bears are looking at a series of three names. Mac Jones, which is probably the least intriguing. Justin Fields and Trey Lance. And now there's there's some rumors that you know, Lance could go above Fields. I know that's kind of contradictory to a lot of what we've heard the entire college football season with, you know, Justin Fields being the number two overall pick projected to be. But it's very possible that, you know, some people think that the NFL isn't too intrigued with Fields as much as a lot of people think. Mac Jones, he's obviously slid up there a couple of times. Um, some people think that he could be the third overall pick or third overall quarterback. Well, what's intriguing to you about these three quarterbacks? Do you think that the bears will have any shot to get any of them? Would you be excited for any of them? Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, who they have a real shot of getting, I would say the real shot, probably Trey Lance. I know there's some scenarios I could see it happening where he does go above Fields and Mac Jones. I think those are the two realistic options. I think Justin Fields I still do I, I still have a feeling he he could be the second quarterback that comes off, honestly. I mean sometimes mm-hmm. you know, especially when the first quarterback is so set in stone and we kinda like to think that, oh, you know, there could be a lot of movement in and behind and then sometimes it just ends up setting up how we thought it originally would. Um, Justin Fields, I think I've heard there's interest from the Patriots as far as, you know, him, that there's been a lot of talk from going on between that. I could see it. Um, I I think that if the Bears did have the opportunity to get him, I would likely have to come in a trade up, obviously, and it'd just be a question of how far they have to trade up. If he ended up coming onto this Bears team, I'd be very happy. I think I've just haven't really poured you know, too much thought into it because I just don't really see it happening. And as with mm-hmm. Trey Lance, I mean, I think that, you know, I looked at, oh, who could possibly be available at least in a reasonable trade-up scenario, maybe trading up to like 10 or 12, you know, mm-hmm. maybe Trey Lance is still there. I mean, that, that even may still be a little bit of a reach. But, you know, with that possibility, I think that he's someone that's very exciting. I like that he's someone that's a mobile quarterback, but it doesn't depend on his mobility. I think that that's almost always kind of a key thing to look for. And as far as Mac Jones, I just never have been super stoked uh, about him. Um, I mean, there's no doubting that he's accurate with the football and and I won't even talk too much on the fact that, you know, he had such a great team around him at Alabama. I think that you can only do so much faulting for that. I mean, Joe Burrow had some great, you know, players on that offense with LSU too. And, you know, not too many people really kind of passed that off, but I, I don't think you can really, compare Mac Jones and Joe Burrow. I don't really think they're they're one in the same. And I also think that, you know, there's a couple shortfalls in his game. A lot of people think that he has really good pocket presence and for the most part he does, but he is sometimes very vulnerable back there in the pocket still. And when he does make the wrong decision, it usually ends up poorly for him. In his case, it didn't happen too much, but it is, if you go on his film, he's not always perfect, as some people would lead you to believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Mac Jones, I, I could see him coming out and having some good success with the team. He's just not that intriguing of a player, though, because of his athletic profile, which I know a lot of people are going to point to, like, Tom Brady and say, like, oh, look at Tom Brady. 
Well, he's kind of an anomaly uh, at this point in the NFL. Do I think Mac Jones could see success? Yes, but if we're, you know, if I'm getting my pick at it, I would definitely prefer Trey Lance or Justin Fields for sure. Uh, Justin Fields, yeah, he has some. I think what's concerning with Justin Fields is that his bad games turn out to be pretty bad games. Like, and you you just wonder how much also like with the history of Ohio State quarterback. Same thing with Mac Jones. Like, how's that going to turn out for him? With Trey Lance, you know, you're getting a guy that is very technically polished already. Um, obviously, not a huge sample size out there. Has a lot of things he can work on too. Um, and I think that he would really benefit from a situation where you you rest him for an entire year, similar to Patrick Mahomes yeah. in that way. That he's kind of that like, if this guy works out, he is going to be amazing. You know, he is going to light the league on fire. And that's what I think Trey Lance's profile is: is that he has a lot of chance to be a not great quarterback, but he also has a lot of opportunity to be an amazing quarterback. And I, I think that he really is that boomer bust prospect. Um, he, not in the same way that like some people try to compare him to like, you know, Jordan love and, and players like that. No, it's not even in the same hemisphere as far as what they're capable of. They're polished at this point. Trey Lance, he has a lot of polish as far as his technical ability, um, you know, his throwing motion, his footwork, all very good at this point in his career. He has some flaws. Um, he's a good processor, could get better. Um, but the other thing that comforts me is that what they run in North Dakota State is very similar to what the Bears run. You know, it is a West Coast variant, so that's going to put him ahead of a lot of other people already. So, man, it, I would be down for bringing in Trey Lance, having him rest a year, learn Nagy's system, and then, you know, try to have him light the world on fire in 2022. Yeah. No, it's definitely getting Trey Lance would be, a, I think, a gift for this Bears team, and especially give him that year to rest. And I think the same goes for Justin Fields, too. You give them a year to rest, it could be certainly very beneficial. And, you know, not to jump the gun here, but I think if you look at any of the other quarterbacks down the board, I think you know these are all players you're certainly resting, and to kind of go opposite where you say you know Trey Lance plays in a more West Coast system that's applicable to the Bears. You look at someone that's a little bit opposite, like you know uh, Kellen Mond, you know who's kind of mm-hmm. knocked pretty frequently for you know kind of being a system quarterback in Jimbo Fisher's system. You know things seemed a little bit predictable at times, but then you look at some of the throws that he made against you know some of the top teams in the SEC. You know specifically look at games against Alabama where he's you know, kind of making some tight throws that are pretty damn impressive against that quality of a defense. And, and I think that he's certainly a name to look out for down in the draft. You know, he's someone that you can probably get third round um, or so, maybe even a little bit higher. I think his stock might be rising a little bit. Um, of course, I've always been a proponent of Jamie Newman, too. I think that he's someone that, you know, certainly brings a lot of that ability to the game ability to move out of the pocket someone that you know mm-hmm. likes to pull down the ball and run a decent amount which is a red flag for some people but i think that if you you play into that system where you let them sit a year get to understand the system better work on a little bit more of their mechanics i think that jamie newman isn't an awful thrower but you know basically everyone coming out of college can have some work more work on their mechanics and Usually the people more down the order, there's usually some larger concern as to why they're, you know, not a first round grade quarterback. And I think you look at someone like Jamie Newman, 
you give him that year to become like you know understand the system and then also you know just have some more technical work and maybe not someone that is a high likelihood that he ends up being your starter next year but these kind of you know russell wilson's do happen you know of course tom brady i mean you know very much an outlier but that does happen to get a quarterback that quality that late in the draft so you do have to explore your options and really do your homework on these quarterbacks especially the chicago bears and you know if they're sitting at that pick 20 you know they're maybe a little averse to trading up then you know let's say they pick up someone like christian darisaw and they're sitting there in the second or third round saying okay you know maybe we're gearing up to take a quarterback here you want to make sure you're not just picking out of a hat, you know, as far as, oh, it's just another, you know, mid-round quarterback, you know, who knows it will work out. I mean, if you actually do your right homework on some of these guys, you can end up, you know, landing something big. It's just the probabilities aren't nearly as high. Yeah, you know, with Jamie Newman, I think that what's so intriguing about him is like, you know, anyone that was paying attention to draft Twitter or what people were saying about the draft is Jamie Newman was considered to be, you know, a potential first round pick this year and then obviously uh georgia or he opts out of playing in georgia this year and decides to work on his uh his his way to his path to the nfl uh in the senior bowl he did some good things but really just the lack of the sample size small school guy i mean playing at wake forest before he played at georgia um you know he he kind of got screwed over by some things he couldn't really control so you have to wonder that if he played this season, could he have been a first-round quarterback? Yeah, uh, of course, but we just don't really know at this point. It's really going to come down to how comfortable they feel he is technically, I'm sure. Um, what his, you know, the reports his trainers have been giving, uh, how comfortable they feel next year. But if we're talking about a guy that is going to go in the second round that has some, you know, definitely some good uh, film on him and a potential option, I definitely think that, Jamie Newman's there and we'll not, you know, next week we'll go over, you know, more day two prospects, maybe even day three prospects. Um, but for now, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking that the bears are, I, I personally believe the bears are going to draft a quarterback in the first round, not named uh, Mac Jones. Reese, what do you think? Uh, I'd say I'm at like a 50, 50 chance right now on my mind. Okay. I really am. That's that's, yeah. that's about where I am. I know it's a very uh, not really exciting statement. I think maybe I'd lean a little bit more towards your side. So maybe I'll go like a fifty-five percent just to take a, okay. a side and not be a neutral and a boring. But uh, yeah, I think that it's it's tight right now because I could really see them going for a tackle in the first round or Tooney, or I could see mm. them taking a quarterback. So. Yeah, yeah, that's how I feel about it. Yeah, and I maybe it's more of just a hope on my side and seeing Dalton's contract and being like, okay, well, this is going to be the year Dalton plays. Then there's going to be that transition player. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Ultimately, draft night is going to be a really fun event for Bears fans because it's probably going to dictate how your life will be for the next four years or so. Uh, it'll let you know if the Bears will have their quarterback or not. Well, uh, we'll we'll still have to find that out as the season rolls on, but it'll at least give you kind of a a view of this new look Bears franchise. This team is going to look completely different, and you know, as much as it sucks to be in constant like 
you know, never knowing who your quarterback's going to be or, or who's who's going to be the head coach or whatever. The one thing that you can't say as a Bears fan that is that it's ever boring. You know, it's oh, never course, boring. Yeah. There's there's always con- there's been constant change for the past like ten years or so. Um, it, you know, it, it's it's constant intrigue, and that's what's you know that's fun. The the off season is really fun for Bears fans. A lot of other teams don't get that. Uh, you know, a lot of teams don't get to be involved too much in free agency or in the draft or whatever because they're good. Uh, you know, at least we have an interesting off season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. It's uh, it's always an interesting off season with this team, and you know, like you mentioned with the draft, you know, make sure you guys are are keeping it tuned in here. I'm sure Austin and I will try to put together, you know, some kind of live stream event for at least a day or two of the draft. I mean, I would love mm-hmm. to do all three, but that might be asking a lot of us, especially with, you know, we have other things going on. So <laughs> we'll, we'll have to figure all that out. But, you know, certainly be looking towards us for everything about the draft and everything leading up to it. Um, off season is just getting started. Uh, said this last podcast, can't say enough. It's been an absolute crazy off season, and uh, I appreciate all of y'all that are constantly tuning in, both on the podcast and you know watching our YouTube videos, supporting us, and you know joining us along on the ride. And it's uh, it's the interaction with y'all, you know, throughout the whole process that really makes it great. And uh, if you got anything other than that to say, Austin, I'll let you say it. But as it always goes, bear down. <laughs> you know, next year is going to be officially technically year three, but really kind of year two, considering the first year we didn't get to. We didn't. It wasn't that great of a podcast. So really, this is this is technically year three of the podcast. Um, you know, at, at least season three, I should say. So, you know, it's going to be one for the making and uh, we're going to make the most out of it. And uh, by the end of the season, don't you worry. Uh, we're going to be the most subscribed to Bears YouTube and podcast out there. So thank you guys so much and bear down. Bear down.